Praise the Lord. Everybody, welcome aboard. I'm excited. Tonight we have a real special guest. And um, you want to be tuned in for this program and get a friend to tune in. By the way, folks, we're broadcasting on YouTube, MixLR, and Blog Talk Radio. Okay. Well, folks, um, we are excited to present to you tonight a real special guest. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her before she speaks. We're welcoming tonight Prophetess Leslie Johnson. She's co-founder of the Prophecy Club, and you all will know Brother Stan Johnson, who's uh, regular here on the program. We're honored to have Sister Leslie on tonight. Sister Leslie and Brother Stan pastor the Spirit of Prophecy Church in Dallas, Plano, Texas area. And Sister Leslie is founder of the Perfect Touch Women's Conference. She was ordained into the office of a prophet back around 2000, year 2000. She has been trained by major prophets, uh, has over 2,000 hours before three recognized prophets of God, and an apostle anointed her to the office of the prophet. Folks, that's a New Testament office, by the way. Yes, they are for today. We're going to be talking about that tonight. Uh, it's Leslie's des- greatest desire to help the saints of God understand the gift of the prophet ministry. She also has a passion to see the children of God equipped to work in ministry. She's author of five books, The Perfect Touch, Crown of Glory, Help Me, I'm All Tied Up, More Than a Ruby, and the School of the Prophets Manual. And we're going to be talking tonight about her book, What It Takes to Be a Prophet. Sister Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. You're too kind. Thank you. Would you do us the honor tonight, Leslie, and open us up with prayer? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come boldly before your throne room of grace and mercy, and we thank you so much that you give us opportunity to minister to others, first of all. Lord, you've called us all into ministry one way or another. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that those that need to have ears to hear will have the ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Lord, I know that there's many out there that have a calling on their life, but they don't know what to do. They don't know how to go about receiving that anointing. They don't know how to go about operating in that anointing. And many have a prophetic call, whether it's called to be in the office of a prophet or as a watchman or just in some kind of prophetic ministry. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you help me to be able to clear some of those questions up in their minds. Lord, we give you all the praise and honor and glory. We love you so much. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And we thank you for the anointing right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And uh, Sister Liz, I want to tell you, it's an honor to have you on here. As Brother Stan may have mentioned, I've been following your ministry since about, I would say, 96. And uh, I've been so blessed over the years to um, be able to see so many awesome uh, documentaries and interviews you all have done with various speakers and um, to be able to hear you all speak today in 2020. Uh, this is really a blessing to have you on tonight. And um, I love what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, why don't we just dive on in? Okay. Uh, how did you get started writing this book, What It Takes to Be a Prophet? Uh, well, I think it was back, I'm not even sure of the year now, <laughs> probably been a while, probably 2010, uh, maybe even closer to 2015 but Stan um, he asked me to go on a speaking tour for the Prophecy Club and to talk on what it takes to be a prophet you know he's he's a real exhorter 
Uh, I know that some of them hear him. They just think he's a doom and gloom person, but he's such an exhorter, an exhorter and an encourager of so many people. I mean, that's why the Prophecy Club started so that he could put other ministers and other in the prophetic out there on speaking tour, tours and engagements and, you know, get them in front of people to build up their own ministries. And so he encouraged me, as I had already been speaking out on some other things, too, but to go and do this talk. And while I was doing that, coming up with uh, the talk on what it takes to be a prophet, the, you know, the I guess you could say the, the PowerPoint and my notes, um, I just began to write the, the book at the same time. Because the book, you can give a whole lot more information than you can, like in a two, hour, two and a half hour talk, you know, on the road. So... That's where it all started. We did not print it until here just recently, although it's been ready for quite a few years. And it's the fifth book that I've written. I've also done a manual now uh, called The School of the Prophets, and it's about 224 pages long, maybe longer. It's, it's a long <laughs> manual, and I did that at the same time as finishing up, you know, just working at all the small details on this book, What It Takes to Be, be a Prophet. So I've got both. And we're going to be doing a school of the prophets. As a matter of fact, I've had a prophetic call in my life now looking back all my life. But when we got into the ministry full time and then when we started doing different crusades, that's when I really found out my anointing and saw that it was there. So that's kind of how this th whole thing evolved, how I got the book, how I got into ministry began to work with other prophets that we would have on the road with us at the the Power of Jesus Crusades, because that's where it started. We did probably at least 60, maybe even more crusades across the country. And I was trained every month, every month for, I don't know, many years, many years. And till, you know, I was actually more of a prophet over some of these guests ministers than they were me so I learned that you know you had to be trained you had to find out what is the right way what's the wrong ways um, doesn't matter how powerful of anointing you have if you're untrained then it's not going to be good and you that's one of the reasons I think the church is rejecting prophets today is because I call them sorry but I call them knuckleheads <laughs> the wannabes out there that are making a mess of the office of the prophet because they're untrained and they think that they're know-it-alls and you know they've really messed up some just hop from church to church run in and rebuke the whole place and turn over tables and run out you know there's just we hear that these things happen and being able to work with good prophets major prophets minor prophets over the years as well as we found out some as a false prophet as much as I hated those times when we were finding out about some of those that were false prophets, I thank the Lord now because I can recognize them very, very quickly. And my heart is right now that God's called me to is to develop those in the prophetic and to develop those to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but also many of them to be, you know, prophets. And we'll get into it, I'm sure, later on in our talk today about the different levels of what, it, you know, the different levels of a prophet. Stan does call me prophet, not prophetess. A prophetess is a wife of a prophet. Um, we were asked to do a, mm, a ministry team with uh, some other pastors. Uh, 
and apostles. And then I was going to be, I was introduced and invited to be the prophet, prophetess they called me at the time. Actually, Stan had already started calling me prophet for this meeting. And this one guy just threw a big fit because you know, they were calling me a prophet and I wasn't a man. And I won't get into that, although if you go back and study it, there's there's not a difference between whether it's male or female, whether you're a pastor or a prophet or a teacher or evangelist. It is, you know, it's not just one gender. So that's why we call me prophet instead of prophetess. I'm glad you made that distinction tonight because I didn't know that. And I'm here to learn. I'll tell you, I have been intrigued um, with um, uh, prophecy, uh, the office of the prophet, for a long time. And um, we have some uh, time here tonight, folks, to, to get in here and learn about this exciting ministry that is for today. Uh, this is not just Old Testament. We're going to talk about that here. I think maybe I'll take you back to the beginning. Um, okay. In your book, Chapter 1, you've entitled it Receiving a Gift. Yes, Talk sir. about it. Yes, sir. Um, I started there because that's when I knew I had received a gift from God. I, you know, I think that there's some that, again, out there, you might be called to the prophetic. You maybe even as a young child knew there was something different about you. You didn't know how to describe it. And I did. I didn't know how to describe it about myself either. There were things that I would know even as a child. There were unusual circumstances with me, dreams, visions, knowing things. But for sure, the way I was raised, it was never developed. I wasn't raised in a church in the fivefold ministry. It was more of your, you know, very straight, strict type of uh, of a church, and. <laughs> I, they just didn't understand the fivefold. And actually, you know, really, Stan and I didn't either till many years later, even after we got married. But there are different levels. Um, I think that if we start to recognize that we do have gifts and callings of God and they are without repentance, and if, we, if we'll develop them, if we'll let the Holy Spirit guide and direct us in those, you know, the nine gifts of his spirit, his Holy Spirit, then I think that we can all become more aware supernaturally as well as naturally and also spiritually. But we also cannot recognize maybe there is a calling on our life. Maybe there's an anointing that we need that will be transferred from, you know, an apostle or a prophet to ourselves. You know, there's some prophets that are very strict, downturned mouths, you know, and they are um, just prophesy the horrible things to come. Uh, some... Maybe as I was, you know, I, was, I received like dreams and visions. I had, I've had some angel visitations. Um, I found that my gift of prophesying was very accurate and things would come to pass. But I realized, I guess more than anything, that God was giving me a big gift. And I don't know about you, but I like getting gifts. <laughs> and so yes. the way I started <laughs> off <laughs> this, you know, this chapter is, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and anointed that way. And I I saw when we started having a Bible study in our home, we lived in Lawrence, Kansas at the time. And Stan, is always he's always had like a Bible study on a Friday night. And so he wanted to do it with the block that we had just moved in on. And he invited everybody on that block. Well, two ladies came and there was a difference about them. 
And I wanted to know what their difference was. I, I cornered one of them after the Bible study and I said, there's something different about you. And I don't know what it is that God's given you, but I want it. And she just smiled at me and she says, I thought that you might ask. And I thought, well, how would she know? How would she know I was going to ask? She didn't really even know me as a person. And so she handed me this little book, The Bible Way to Receive the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she says, you read this book, you pray about it, you think about it, study some of the scriptures in the Bible. And if you're wanting this baptism of the Holy Spirit, then next week when we come for Bible study, then I'll pray for you afterwards and God will give you a gift. Well, I'm not the sort of person that likes to keep presents wrapped up (laughs) when I open it up right away. And uh, even as a child, I'd peek in my Christmas presents. So I pretty much knew every year what I was going to (laughs) get prior to Christmas because I wanted to know what was in that box. And I became very (laughs) I became very good at uh, knowing how to wrap those presents. As a matter of fact, I caught one of my daughter when she was probably about six years old peeking into one of her presents and and you know I stopped her and I said look you know what her name's Leslie also we call her Leslie Ann and I said Leslie Ann I said look if you're gonna peek into your presence and know what you have I said you can't be caught let me teach you the right way to do this and so <laughs> I taught her how to do it and of course my other kids do they eventually try to peek in but but I'm, I just you know if God has a gift that he wants to give me I want it and I want it quickly. And so that following day, Stan had left for a meeting, what his job was at the time. And I knew he wasn't going to get home till late. So I put the kids down and I went in the living room and sat on the floor. And, and I just, you know, thought I'm going to go through this book real quickly. And I'm going to get to the end so I can receive whatever gift she's talking about. And I did that. And so I, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit right there in my living room floor no hands laid on me or anything. And at that moment, I became different. I became a different person. I became bold. I became courageous. I became, I felt powerful. I felt like the scriptures came alive to me. I could understand them. Uh, There was so much excitement in me, so much so that the way Stan was raised, he says, there's no such thing as the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You, you know, you better not be you know checking that out because there's just no such thing and i did i received it so the very next morning we were passing by in the hall and he stopped and he turned me around he goes what is it what is it what's different about you and i'm like um i don't know and he goes how much did it cost (laughs) i don't know what it is about you men but you think your wives just are spending money i don't know but i said well it didn't cost anything. And I said, but you're not going to like it. And he goes, why aren't I going to like it? So we went through that. And But he knew and he recognized something different about me immediately, just like I did those ladies. And so a couple of weeks later, you know, Stan followed suit and our lives have been changed for the better ever since that moment. And so that's that's why I, I, I titled my the first chapter on, you know, receiving a gift, because God has that gift. For every one of you. And yes, when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt about it. But when you ask for that that gift, there's more. There's more than just that. And he'll, he'll help you to just stir up those gifts inside of you. You know, whether it's discernment or word of knowledge, word of wisdom, healing. 
you know, there's there's anointings that come with each one of those those nine gifts and we can operate in them. And I think that's what helped me the most is when we were doing the crusades years back on developing each one of those gifts, each one of those nine gifts so that I can also help transfer them to others. And by the way, we're doing a another crusade. Can I can I put that out there right oh, quick? Please. What's come up? Okay, we're doing a uh, a crusade. It's it's called um, Sevenfold Miracle Crusades, and it's going to be July the twenty seventh through April second. It's here in the Dallas area, but you can just go to prophecyclub.com and it'll tell you how to go and register if you're if anybody's interested. But we're going to be we're going to be doing uh, the School of the Prophets. I've got a manual that we'll be going through. And helping each person to go through those nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, as well as the fruit of the Spirit, as well as healings and miracles and so much more, um, deliverance, ministry, everything. You know, getting them developed and equipped to go out and do do ministry. And maybe just help them to recognize their the anointing that they have been longing for and how to get them started and and not be loose cannons out there, get some direction because there's too many that have a prophetic call, prophet call even, but they're loose cannons and they don't know what to do with it. And we'll give them some direction on how to how to go about the work of the ministry in that area. Folks, we are live with Prophet Leslie Johnson of prophecyclub.com if you're just joining us and we're talking about a fascinating subject tonight, prophecy about a book, what it takes to be a prophet. So Sister Leslie it started with receiving a gift, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? And um, let me ask you a question. Sure. Well, so let me lay a verse down. Uh, Ephesians 4 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, folks, that's uh, New Testament there. Um, those are offices of ministry in the modern day church yes apostles are for today prophets are for today just as pastors and teachers and evangelists it's right there in the word no denying it um let me jump in with this question sister leslie i know that um uh there are the nine gifts of the holy spirit that we can receive and i, I recall the verse says god gives those gifts severally as he will and if we desire to have a gift ask the lord and he will give us these gifts. Um, one of them is the ability to prophesy. Now, is that the same as being in an office of prophet, or are those uh, different, being able to prophesy versus the office of a prophet? What can you say about that? It, it is different. Um, the scriptures say that we all can prophesy. Um, in other words, it, prophesying is to edify, encourage, and to build up a person. And so let's say I go to the grocery store and the checkout person, of course, this is way back before coronavirus, but let's say, you know, going to a restaurant or someone you don't know, but the Lord is just prompting you to encourage them, to um, exhort them. And sometimes it just starts off by blessing them. You know, that's a gift of prophecy. We all have that gift to do so. And we're supposed to. We're supposed to prophesy one to another, the, the scriptures say. Personal prophecy or a prophecy to a group of people or a prophecy to just to, to one person or another or going about prophesying one to another right after another and another and another 
You know, we all can do that. However, the office of a prophet, that is one of their, usually their strong suits, uh, the gift of prophecy. It's maybe some um, prophets operate, and that's like one of their major out of the nine gifts that they do. We have a friend um, that's going to be actually coming to the crusade in, in July, the end of July, 1st of August. And he's an excellent, excellent, I mean, he's a prophet, and he's a teacher, and, you know, minister, pastor, everything. But he's, but he definitely, his strong um, gift from God as a prophet is to prophesy, and he's extremely accurate. I believe that while I prophesy and I'm extremely accurate, I believe one of my, the, one of the, the main gifts I really operate in is uh, healing, also word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and but prophesying and prophet are different. Um, also, the prophetic, just like for Stan, for example, he has a watchman anointing. He's an apostle. He has the prophetic. He can operate even as a prophet at being an apostle type of uh, ministry that he has. But it's, it is different than a strict uh, office of a prophet. A prophet is different from an apostle. Prophet is different from a pastor. Prophet is different from an evangelist, a teacher, and a pastor. For sure a pastor, because it's almost like they're opposite realms. But like, for example, my my love for uh, the body of Christ is to turn them to righteousness, no matter whether they like me or not. Um the pro the pastor, for example, and we can talk about this more later on if you like, but the pastor, his first um, calling from God is just to assimilate love, 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 love. Mine is the will of God. I mean, as a prophet, it's the will of God. That's the one that I'm going to operate and I'm going to stick to it. And I'm going to turn everybody as I can to righteousness. I can smell sin. I know sin. I don't like sin. And it's it's not liked because usually... Christians alike, we want to stay in our own super. We want to stay in our own sin. Matter of fact, you know, some people have been saying for the, like, for example, this coronavirus, you know, it's the judgment of God. Well, guess what? I mean, you know, judgment begins at the household of God. So we as a church body, we as Christians, as believers, we've got to turn to righteousness and start doing things that are holy before the Lord, even in the marriage bed, for example, everything, everywhere we go, everything that we do, we need to turn back to righteousness, where as those in the uh, as a pastor, he's going to let it pass on by easier. Uh, not that he's doing anything wrong. It's just the difference in the anointing. And then we can learn to work together because the churches are sp- supposed to have the fivefold ministry team working in that church. Every church should have an That's apostle, right. which is the. You know, the seer, the one that he or she, they they have vision and they see where they want that body of Christ to go. And uh, you know, also developing churches around other places. Um, you know, that's an apostle prophet, you know, can work well with that apostle because it was it wants to, to bring order. You know, one thing that Stan encourages me all the time at our personal church is, you know, he goes, I don't have to worry about anything. I know that you're going to keep it in order. And, you know, our church, they respect me, praise God. But, and I do, you know, Leslie, as a Leslie, me, I like to be wanted and be a friend and needed. And, you know, I don't want to be an outcast. I don't want somebody to not like me. So sometimes, 
you know, as a prophet, there's some there's some difficult words that come forth. But being trained, you know, I've learned how to deliver that message. So there is a difference. I don't know if I answered. If I didn't, just ask me. But, sure. But the prophecy is is different, and even Bible prophecy is different. Bible prophecy is in time. Um, prophesying is prophesying to a nation or a person, but it's not necessarily the Bible prophecy like what my husband Stan does. So to, if I understand correctly, um, with the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, one of them is the ability to prophesy, and where the gifts are concerned, God, through the Holy Spirit, can move on a person at any time, and he might use them on occasion to prophesy, maybe on a regular right. basis. And there's, um, probably minister, there's probably people that are doing that more than they realized, um, especially those that are really have that mm, personality that is an exhorter to encourage somebody, to lift somebody up. You know, there's I have a friend like that. Oh, my goodness, she's such an exhorter. Uh, she's prophesying all the time, but she didn't recognize that that's what she was doing. Does God many times, Sister Leslie, um, call prophets from a young age, even from the womb? Uh, yes. You know, Jeremiah, also John the Baptist were both called to the, from the womb before they were born. Uh, those I call major prophets. There's minor prophets. There's major prophets, uh, and they're operating here today just because someone is anointed as a prophet does not mean their title should be a major prophet a major prophet uh, is going to prophesy to nations kings queens magistrates Uh, they'll have words for cities they'll have words for this the nation or nations and they'll have a track record where things come about and come forth Uh, truthfully they'll see that there's a track record there a minor prophet uh, could be a prophet that's called just to their home. And that's really where it starts. So there are some that are called directly from the womb. Um, you're probably going to ask, was I called from the womb? I I don't know. I don't think so. I think that even though I had something different about me than even some of my sisters and brothers, but later on in life, I began to recognize even like my dad had some, some definitely some prophetic in him. I don't think for sure he didn't recognize it. You know, some of my siblings do, but they haven't developed it, you know, like I have. Because I think there could be people even tuning in out there tonight who God has called them um, to a position of a prophet. And maybe they don't realize it at this point. It may take them some time to um, get there. But um, let me ask you this. I remember the verse says, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. What does that mean? It means that when God has given someone a gift and an anointing, that it's with them from now on. And that means whether you use it the right way or the wrong way. Unfortunately, (laughs) I've seen it used the wrong way. And that's why there's, you know, false prophets that are going to for sure be rising up even more and more as the days that we are coming into. Because um, the gifts and callings of God, he gives them and they stay. And there's some that use it for lying signs and wonders. And then there's some that uh, they use it for righteousness. They use it for the Lord. He doesn't take it back. Once it's given, it stays. Folks, that's very important. The gifts and calling God are without repentance. So I think we can look back at the... Um at Bible history and 
there's even prophets that were uh, called to the office of a prophet, but um, they didn't necessarily embrace it right off. Uh, some of them, I think, ran from it. What about Jeremiah growing up? Well, you know? <laughs> he for sure ran. He, you know, they call him, you know, the, the weeping prophet. And, you know, he had to deliver tough message and wherever where he went and even was ordered to not even marry because if he would have, you know, it would have been a hindrance for him. So, um, you know, I feel like a weeping prophet sometimes myself if I have to give a harsh message. I for sure, like Stan would tell you, if I'm under the strong anointing and giving a, a pretty firm word, you know, or uh, just in ministry in general, I many times, you know, like I'm bold, I'm 10 feet tall instead of five foot tall, I'm courageous and i'll roar as loud as you think i can roar i mean i nothing is i'm not afraid of anything i will defeat that enemy and it's when i come home and the anointing comes off of me and then i begin to realize what some of the things i said or oh my goodness did i hurt that person about what i said that kind of thing and i cry i will cry like a baby because Leslie, you know, again, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to give that message, but there's times that you just have to. And, you know, and, and again, that goes back to some of the training and the equipping that people need. And I do hope there's going to be some that'll join us for this crusade because across the globe, because with this prophetic calling, if you don't develop it, and if you don't realize some of the things that you're doing that are, you're making mistakes. And just because God gives you a message you got to know how to deliver that message. You got to know how to deliver it in love. You know, you got to learn how to deliver it where they can swallow it. Um, only major prophets that have a judgment uh, anointing on them also should ever give a rebuke type of a word. Like Deborah, she was a judge, but she was a respected uh, prophet, prophet and also judge. And she had, uh, you know, the... <laughs> women liked her, I'm sure, but men respected her also. And as a, yes. as a woman prophet, you might wonder, well, how do we get along in this house? You know, both Stan and I are type A personalities. We're strong personalities. Um, he's an apostle, you know, I've got a calling as a prophet. And, and I'll be honest, you know, early on before I really took to understanding how to operate in the gifts that God was putting me in, and how I was hearing from God, I just felt like I needed to speak everything and to speak it just, you know, as directly as I could. And let's say Stan had a direction he wanted to go with um, something for our house, whatever. Some, he wanted to go direction and God was telling me, no, don't go that way, because if you go that way, it's going to fall apart. It's not going to be good. And early on, you know, I would just belittle him. Just, you know, just nagging him. This is the way you're supposed to go. God says this is the way we're supposed to go. And you better go that way. And here I'm supposed to be a wife, too. I'm supposed to be in that safe place, that submissive place, you know, where Stan's, you know, protecting me. But I was coming out of my realm. I was getting out of that. And so then we'd end up fighting or arguing and we'd go Stan's way. Well, guess what? It fell apart. <laughs> just like God said it would. And so early on, I'd say, I told you so, I told you so. And those four <laughs> words were, came back to bite me really bad. 
You know, God let it go on for a little bit till he grabbed the back of my neck and put me to the ground. That carpet time ministry, I call it, you know. But anyway, yeah, we have to learn um, when it's time to shut up, too. Just because um, God says something, it's it's the delivery time is very, very important and how you deliver it. And, you know, we can't make a word come true. Just because you prophesy, it's not your responsibility to oversee that that word that God had you deliver comes true, comes about. And if we start doing that, then we start manipulating, controlling, becoming like witchcraft, actually. And, you know, God showed me, you know, look, I told you to deliver the message. Shut up now. Let me do it. You know, and when I would, you know, God, God would, even if we went the wrong direction, God gave us grace because I shut up, you know. So there's some things you you learn about uh, prophesying and how to perform the office of a prophet. Folks, we're live with Prophet Leslie Johnson. If you're just joining us, I looked up the verse, uh, Judges 4.4, folks. It's right here in the Word. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time. She was both a judge and a prophet. That's Bible there, folks. That's Old Testament and it's New Testament. Um, Leslie, would it be correct to say that uh, many times people will start out uh, having received the uh, gift of prophecy, and then as they, let's say maybe as a, a youngster or a teenager, it could be later in life, and then as they grow in that, being able to hear the voice of the Lord, and um, you handle, the, given the word responsibly, God can call you, as he did with you, into the office of a prophet uh, as you mature in that gift. Would that be correct? Yes, Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I believe that there's a lot of, uh, those that are supposed to be operating as an office of the prophet again, um, even in the church that they may be in, they are, they know they're the, they're really called to be the prophet of that church, but they haven't been recognized maybe because the church doesn't recognize the fivefold ministry. But, you know, I, I tell people all the time. You know, if you're called to that church, and, you know, by the way, no church is perfect out there. There's not a one, not even our Spirit of Prophecy Church. We like to try, but, you know, we stay teachable, Stan and I do. So I think that that's good because God allows us to continue. But there's, I think that if they are a prophet of the church, if they're, again, if they're trying to force their way and say, God told me, and if you do this and then it falls apart, you know, they're not going to gain respect from the pastor because most churches are run by pastors and which really, in all truthfulness, they should be run by the apostles and the prophets. And then the teacher and the evangelist and the pastors come in. There should be more than one pastor. If you, if you look at the anointings of what it means to be a pastor, because pastors, again, they don't want to hurt the sheep. Their, their job is to bring in the sheep, to love them, to coddle them, to, yes, you stink, you know, it's okay. I'm like, yes, you stink, and go get the, B, you know, you get B.O., go get the D.O., you know. So there's, we got to learn how to, <laughs> how to, how to work together here. And, and sometimes it's, I think that if they have a call to be that prophet, learn to just love your pastor because it's pastor driven, most of them. Let them find out that your what your anointing is, and it's not threatening to them. Um, you know, you can work well together, and it's just it's all in how uh, they deliver a message. Sometimes, 
and where again if they're if they can deliver that message love to the to the pastor um start letting them see that they you love them you want to build them up you want to be their friend then you know you know how it is they're gonna they're gonna give you more freedom so to speak sister leslie a question that uh, many may be asked including myself is what is it like what was it like for you when you received a, the prophetic word from the Lord, uh, what's it sound like to hear the Lord? Did you hear him as an impression? Was it audibly? Uh, what he told you, did it startle you? Uh, related experience as you were getting into this ministry when you began to um, hear the Lord and he had a word for you to speak. What was it like? What did he sound like? <laughs> um, well, that, that, that's, a, that's, that's a good question. That's like all the above what you just said, actually, but... Um, the, the first time that I started seeing as we got into ministry, full-time ministry, um, and we had our first crusade, I recognized that this so-called prophet that we were with, there was about uh, 700 people there, if I remember, a lot of people it was in Colorado, and he was praying for people, and I could see he was not going to get through to praying with everyone. So I just felt like this nudge inside of me, like pushing me towards the front to start praying for everybody. That's just kind of how it started before I had any idea I was even supposed to be in ministry. So I thought, okay, well, I can just go up there and just bless people, pray for them. And I would, so I started just praying for people. And all of a sudden this line is lined up like to the door for me, like to pray after person, after person, after person. And people at that time, you know, it happens still sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't let it affect me one way or another. But they would go. It's what we call slain in the spirit. Some would go down. Um, many were healed and things. I was just like all of a sudden I would just have a knowing inside to just start speaking something out to the person. And I finally, I, I because people were like dropping like flies all around me and I would just raise my hand. I'm like, what in the world is going on? So I'd never seen that. I'd never experienced it other than seeing it, something like that on TV. So I stopped the line for a minute. I said, just a minute. I went back to the back where Stan was and I said, Stan, you aren't going to believe what's going on. I don't know. I don't know if it's right. I don't know, but this is what's happening. And he gives me this harsh look, harsh word. And he goes, Leslie, now you better not be pushing them down. And I'm like, <laughs> Stan, I'm five foot, okay? <laughs> With heels on, I'm five foot. And you, uh, I'm not pushing them. I said, I'm not even touching them. And before long, this, you know, this so-called great big prophet that was with us, he was getting angry because everybody was coming over to my line. And he, it was just, it was, but it's, it's okay because I started to see, wow, there's something that God is operating in me. You know, the first time when I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I just felt so at peace that so there's there's a different way of hearing God at that moment I just trusted him there's another time it was just like a nudging just pushing me forward and then as I got into ministry and I started knowing I was hearing from God you know in other words to just that still small voice or I might have a dream or a vision or I'd, I'd have because then I'd wake up and tell Stan and that's why I said you know I'd say this is the way you got to go this is what you got to do and and then there's been times there has been an angel visitation, um, and that's different in itself. But I've had a few times it was an audible voice, and it was, uh, to me, it was like 
a huge sound from the back side of me, like echoing in the room for me. I don't know how it is with other people, but it was, there was no doubt. And, you know, when I had the vision, everything, I was awake and everything was like a, a blackboard with white chalk going up on this blackboard of what he was drawing or what was um, showing me on this vision. So that's, that's um, a little different than maybe some other people, but, and it's not so often that, you know, we're all supposed to be able to hear that still small voice and to follow his voice, to know his voice. And so I, I have learned over the years and I still want to hear his voice. As a matter of fact, the closer I get to the Lord, the more years that I'm in ministry, the more years that he's called me to be a prophet, the more fearsome I ha- I am of God. I mean, I, yeah. I really got to make sure when he's speaking that I'm speaking what he tells me to speak more so than in the beginning, the beginning, you know, there's a grace period, but now I know I'm accountable for every word. So God can speak to you um, while you're awake. He'll speak to you through a dream or a vision. Have you ever been like um, out in public, a restaurant or a supermarket or whatever, and you were just walking along and you um, caught somebody's gaze and you looked at them and God began to show you things about them and maybe gave you a word for them that he wanted you to deliver? Uh, yes, he has. Um, I... I don't always give that word. Matter of fact, more times I don't. Um, usually, What's, do what now? Uh, does he? Does the Lord? Will He show you a picture of that person's life, or will He begin to speak to you about something going on in their life? How does that work? If I'm, if I feel, first of all, if you know, it's just like. Um, so an evangelist, you know, to me, the first thing is to pray and say, Lord, bring me souls today for me it would be yeah. bring me, bring me word, bring me the word to deliver to someone today to minister to them today, because I don't want to go out and just speak presumptuously. Right. So, you know, when I'm going out to minister, I will get prepared like that. And that's why I said I don't always because Honestly, many times, and maybe this is just who I am in ministry, uh, just like when I go to water aerobics, this will this will tie into what I'm saying. Yes, I know things. Yes, I should minister to them sometimes. But I really want to be incognito sometimes. I just want to be Leslie um, because the gift of a prophet is not always welcomed in life. And there's times in when I'm in the setting of ministry time, I'm prepared, I'm prayed up, I'm ready to go, and I'm not concerned about speaking presumptuously. I'm always checking it, believe me. I'm always checking it, making sure I'm saying it right. But yes, sometimes it's a vision, especially prophesying. Most of the time, if I'm going to prophesy to someone or to give a, we'll call it a corporate word in the church body, um, I will have a quick glimpse, a quick vision Maybe it's someone that's in a boat rowing, you know, down a river or back, you know, they're trying to go against the the flow of the river, you know, so God, will, I can describe the vision and then God will, I love it like that because I'm comforted in knowing once I describe that vision, it is ministering to the person. They know exactly what I'm saying or God's saying, and they know exactly that that was the word of the Lord. I, I like that. Now, sometimes it doesn't always happen that way. I'll have one word like 
follow, for example, and then you you just start speaking and he you know, we just have to trust him and just have to trust yes. the Lord. And he and he's he's a God that'll he'll he'll check you out to see how much faith you want to go. How where's your faith level? He will he definitely will do that. <laughs> he will throw you in the river and you're supposed to swim and he will test your faith. There's no doubt. Folks, we're live with Prophet Leslie Johnson of prophecyclub.com. If you're just joining us, welcome aboard out there. So uh, there will be times where um, you'll be praying for a person, and, and well, God will give you a word, and he'll kind of give it to you as a – he'll paint it like a picture. And there's other times where he may tell you one word or uh, yes. speak in a sentence very directly. Right. right. You know, there Something was – Something he yeah, exactly, That's exactly right. I mean, there were some times – um, you know, we were doing a crusade back to back to back. Um, I would even have maybe a dream the night before I'd, before the, the thing would start the next morning. And, um, this, this pretty much happens every crusade, even this last one we had. And it's comforting to me because I would see like on the third row, for example, the third seat over, um, a vision of a woman or, man whatever whatever the case may be at the time and god um you know begins to to give me a dream about that person and it's comforting because i know i'm at the right place at the right time i know that i'm going to be able to minister to that person that usually is that person's the one when i'm ministering through these crusades that i have pinpointed out that they're going to have the greatest breakthrough of the whole crusade whether it's three days, four days, five days. And I've seen it happen 100% every time, every time. And so much so that, you know, I am able to personally minister to them. I'll not say something out loud. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot in ministry. There were times I didn't just hold back. And like I said, God, you know, he dealt with me pretty harshly so that I would learn from it. Um, there was a time we were, I think we were in Colorado at this time again, and early on and even being ordained as a prophet. And I called out a person's name in, in front of this church. I said, you need to come up here. I'll pray for you. You'll be free. And I called out the name. Nobody comes up. And I said, like I said, you just had an abortion. And if you'll get up here and let me pray for you, God's going to take that pain and that suffering and all the shame away from you, but you got to come up here so I can pray for you. You got to come up, walk down this aisle right now, come up here to the front. Of course, you know, wow. nobody's going to come forth when you do that, when you're calling them out in front of this whole church. I mean, I, I finally, the, the person's name that I called out, let's say it was Brenda. I called out Brenda. She did not come. And I said, okay, well then I'm just going to point you out. And so I pointed her out, and she just began to weep. Well, praise the Lord. You know, he gave grace and mercy to her, to me, to the church. But I learned that, you know, there's times that you can do things in private, or you maybe needed to say, hey, if, if there's anybody here that's struggling any kind of shame, you know, from their past, you know, I know there's someone here particularly that God wants you to come up, but I, I'm going to speak to the ladies right now. We're going to start off with the ladies here. And then I would have a, you know, let's say three, four, 40 people, whatever. 
and you're able to minister to them and I can go right directly to that person and say, I know why you're here. Because God is, he's a God of doing things decently and in order so that people will receive what he has for them. Instead of, you know, bringing that person's name out in the public like that, that's what I'm talking about, untrained prophets. Because if you do that too often, you're not going to get invited back. You know, there was a time, I'm just telling you all of my dirty secrets here. There was a time that we were in Detroit and um, Stan had a prophecy club meeting going on and we were doing a crusade. I get up and, you know, and I said, you know, this is this is not the right way to prophesy, everybody. This is not the right way to give a corporate word. Just hear me. I said, you're nothing but a bunch of big gluttonous pigs saying, gimme, gimme, gimme. I mean, I went on and <laughs> I was like, you know, and it was right, but. It certainly was not delivered in the right way. Yeah, Stan's like, he's in the background going right now. The crusade was over. It was done. It was finished. He goes, <laughs> he goes we used to be on the radio in Detroit. <laughs> but um, again. So uh, some, uh, maybe some rules. Yes, sir. Uh, or that a prophet uh, should know. Well, I definitely. Um, yes, I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep stepping over your words i i think there's a little bit of delay sorry about that so uh there 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 are probably some things to know as you're going out there to work in the office of a prophet that can help you in ministry um folks i'm excited to be here because i get an opportunity to ask some questions i want to ask and if you've got a question tonight for prophet leslie johnson about the office of prophet gifts of prophecy prophecy related put in the chat room we'll let her answer um let me backtrack for a minute. Many of us have received prophetic words. What should a person do, Sister Leslie, when they receive a word? Um, how do you evaluate it, in other words, to know uh, is that from God or not? Is it okay to ask God for confirmation? And I guess part two of my question is going to be, um, do some prophecies that are given, do they have like a uh, – a date stamp on them. It may be years before it's fulfilled, whereas others might come to pass short term. What does a person do out there tuning in who receives a prophetic word today in the church? How should they evaluate that? Always consider it from God. Should they put it on the shelf and wait and see? What's your counsel? Well, they they should always get a a confirmation for sure. Um, You know, usually when there's a word of prophecy that goes to someone, there's going to be a confirmation to that person. There's a, there's something in the prophetic word that shows them that, yes, God just spoke to me. Um, I encourage them always to go home and type out that word. And some of it, it might not come to pass for a long, long time. Usually the gift of prophecy or spirit, when you prophesy to someone, there's a there's a list on the side of a piece of paper, so to speak, that's listing. Here's what God wants to do. And he starts lifting, listing off all these things that he wants you to be. He wants you to be the praise and worship leader. He wants you to learn how to, to do that guitar. You're going to be an awesome guitar player. And he's going to be so anointed that, you know, people will just they'll be healed as you're playing that guitar, you know. And so this begins to minister to the person, but yet it hasn't happened yet. So if they don't type it out, if they don't pray over it, if they don't see it, is it because when that uh, gift of prophecy, 
is something that God wants to come back, come and establish in their life. Stan has topped out every personal prophecy that we've gotten, every single one of them, prays over them often, goes back through the ones that we have recorded, listen to them so that, you know, encourages you, it, it builds you up. That's why I say that someone prophesying, should, they should not be giving that judgment, um, blasting, uh, discouraging word to anybody, not unless they have that judging anointing. And there's very, very few. And I say very few is because if they can't deliver it in love, then they should just hang up that prophet hat and never wear it again. My opinion. Um, because too many times they just want to put the hammer down thinking that they're going to be like an old Testament prophet where they just come in and just, uh, do, you know, just be very strict and just blast somebody. God is a God of grace and mercy. Now. 90 seconds. Oh, that's just an update that we're coming to the top of the hour. Okay. Folks disregard that. <laughs> okay. um, so, if you're listening by phone, uh, stay right where you're at. We're going to go into the second hour. We are live with Prophet Leslie Johnson. Let me just do a quick commercial here. Folks, prophecyclub.com, that's the place you want to go and bookmark tonight. Um, Sister Leslie is talking tonight about her book called What It Takes to Be Seconds. And uh, Sister Leslie, where can people go to pick up this book? Uh, Go to prophecyclub.com. And they'll see, um, actually, all of the different books and DVDs I've done. They'll have it all there. But they can get this book for 20 bucks. It's um, uh, What It Takes to Be a Prophet. They go to prophetsclub.com. There's also another uh, special that I have for Mother's Day out there. And it has, we'll talk about it later, but it has uh, like a perfume that I have done. It's my signature perfume called Virtuous. Wow. Yeah. That's great. I've done a lot. <laughs> God's helped me do a lot. And keep uh, keep going, please. I don't okay, sorry, you. sorry. Um, okay, and then also they'll be able to sign up for the crusade if they're interested or get some information. But again, prophecyclub.com is where they need to go, and they'll see all the information for Prophecy Club as well as the things for Leslie Johnson. Okay, that should be our last interruption from that uh, automated announcer. We're talking about what it takes to be a prophet. Now, they can get the book over at prophecyclub.com? Yes, sir. Okay. Do you also have any plans for a Kindle version, or is it uh, paperback only? It will be on uh, Amazon. There will be a Kindle version. I know that our assistants are working on that right now to get it uh, on Amazon also, and also on Kindle. I'm looking forward, because I'm going to get a copy over here in Indonesia and download it to my iPad. Um, Folks, I love this subject area. We don't get an opportunity to talk about this enough on the show. So... A person, uh, back to the question for that interruption, uh, a person receives a word from the Lord. What do they do next? Uh, does a person need to do anything? Will that word happen automatically? Or um, are some prophecies t- for them to be fulfilled, we're going to have to take action to bring them to pass? What's your counsel on that? Well, uh, yes, you've got to bring in action to it because, again, this is what God wants to do. This is what he's speaking into your life. But if you're not taking the steps towards that, then you'll never become, let's say he says that, you know, you've been called to be a pastor to a church. Uh, you'll be a preacher of his word or evangelist or whatever. If you're just sitting at home waiting for that door to open up and go, da-da, you know, we're here. We're here for you to, to minister to us. It's not going to happen. You have to do your part. 
It's be like a um, God's call. Someone says, you know, you're you're supposed to be a dancer for me. And they are they can't hardly take two steps in front of them without falling down. I mean, they've got to they've got to get equipped. They got to start practicing um, just like practicing prophesying. You know, one of the things that I've done after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I practiced all of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and I still practice them. And years later, Stan goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm practicing discernment, whatever it was. He goes, what do you mean practicing? So, yes, these are things when God speaks, you are to see, you're to do your part for it to come about instead of just letting it, your ears get, you know, hearing how wonderful you are and you're getting puffed up and patting your back like God's called me into the ministry. And then you sit there for the next 90 years. You know, and you and then you say, well, that was a false prophecy because it didn't happen. Well, you've got to do your part. You know, you have to believe you have to have faith and you have to operate in it. You have to take those steps towards it and find out what you need to do. Some maybe already as are hearing this message have been called. You've been even prophesied. You're a prophet of God, but you've never done anything. You've stayed untrained. Uh, You don't know, you know, you're a loose cannon out there and you don't know where to go, what to do. And you just speak things whenever you want and. Maybe you become so strict in your house that your whole household doesn't even want to be around you. You know, there's, you have to develop it. Yes, there's, but it should be a confirmation to you. And there should be, um, eventually there should be another confirmation of that word that comes forth. And that's a good uh, point uh, leading to another question. You receive a word and you say, well, God, was that really you? I want it to be you. I'm not sure. Can you give me a confirmation? Is that, um, is that wrong to ask God? for a second or a third witness? Is that lack of faith if we do that? What's your take on that? That's definitely not lack of faith because, you know, we're supposed to, I believe that we're supposed to ask for a confirmation, a second confirmation. Um, You know, that means you're taking it serious. I don't think that's a lack of faith. Again, you have to do your part. You can't just sit around on the couch waiting for something to happen. You have to do your part. And I would say uh, that in relation to, um, you know, you receive a word of uh, something awesome that is in your future. Uh, now, whereas other times uh, you may be prophesying uh, in the uh, current about something going on in a person's life, and you may be giving them a word from the Lord. They don't have to ask any questions. They know that's them that God is talking about, and um, it's like you've read their mail. In that case, there's no confirmation needed. They have to obey or disobey, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, there's. Um, I remember a time um, um, a lady came to our church, and she came up and spoke to me afterwards, and she says, I'm so excited to be here, just visiting today. And, um, you know, my, my boyfriend, you know, he's a prophet at our church, and, um, you know, I, I, and I said, oh, he is. And I said, well, are you living together? Oh, yes. And I said, then he's not a prophet. Because, you know, because, you know, if you're a prophet, you're going to walk in righteousness. That's going to be your number one goal to the will of God is that you are following his commandments and is he's ordering your steps. And so I think that, again, you know, you, you might have a calling in your life. But if you're if you're just out there and you're doing what you want, then there the anointings is without repentance. You know, it's there. But at the same time, you've got to do it right for God and get the fruit. You know, he, the scripture says you'll know them by your their fruit. 
And I believe this so wholeheartedly. I mean, you could be, quote unquote, the greatest prophet the face of the earth has ever recognized or seen. But if you don't have good fruit, then you're nothing. I don't care how well you can prophesy to nations and it comes about or speak and the wind cease and the mountains move. I, I don't care if your fruit is evil and wicked and sour and stinks, then you're not of God to me. You're nothing. And uh, just because those those giftings have been taken away, we should not listen to them because they'll be full still of some false prophecies and false prophets and um, false giftings will be mingled in that mess. So just be aware that, you know, when you're called to be a prophet, you've got to walk that straight and narrow path. You cannot get off. I mean, as a prophet, you'll see things in black and white. I mean, this is right. This is wrong. And you, there's no gray area. And you don't want others in your life to be in gray area. And it just, you just can't stand it because that's how God made you. So again, you've got to make sure that you're walking that path that God's put you on in the right way, the right order, or he, you know, God will get your attention. And again, people might be listening to you, but if your fruit's bad, shut up. Just shut up. Good point, folks. We're live here on Tuesday, April 21st, 2020 with Prophet Leslie Johnson of prophecyclub.com. Sister Leslie, here's a question I've wanted to ask for a long time. Uh, is it possible for a prophet to give a person a, uh, a word from the Lord and God is speaking uh, to the person on something he wants to do in their life, um, a destiny he has for them to fulfill, and they receive it with joy, and they're so excited they want to tell some friends or family, and they go tell someone, and all of a sudden someone shoots them down. Is it possible for someone to be able to steal a word or even the enemy to do that to um, try and derail that word from coming to pass by getting people to throw in some doubt and unbelief, and then you begin to question, was that from God, and then it kills the prophecy. Can that happen? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the prophecy is conditional. Uh, it can be, you know, when I say conditional, it can be the person's walk with God, or it can be conditional that they let it go. So definitely it's 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 a choice that we have and you know we have to use wisdom and discernment and if you already know someone's going to shoot it down then why go that route and some people do they already know it's going to be shot down so they just they just need to do their part and instead of putting them in putting them themselves in that position to be belittled or um you know, I think sometimes people stay in the stupor that they're in because they put themselves there and they stay there. Um, I think sometimes if, if, if a person is, people don't want to be around them or, um, or negativity, it's because they keep putting themselves there. So, yeah, it's, it's conditional. It's conditional two ways. Could it be wisdom just maybe to keep it to yourself? Uh, because um, you can't share things with everybody um doubt and unbelief can be a killer can it it definitely is and that's why you know you need to type it out and you know pray over it ask the lord to help guide you direct you get you in the the situation the positions that you need to be in to enhance 
those uh, giftings that he's wanting to give you. Um, you know, you, you've got to help you, you pray that the Lord will put you in the right um, spot, the right time for someone to start building you up, to encourage you to go the route that he wants for you to go. Um, you know, and sometimes even prophecy is words that somebody doesn't want to hear. I remember a time I gave um, a word to a lady that she was going to be ministering to a lot of women, a lot of hurting women, and she didn't want to hear that. She didn't want to hear that at all. As a matter of fact, she rejected that. It was like, oh, Leslie's real nice and all, but she just missed that one great big time. And she'll tell the story. And she says, and it wasn't, but... Less than a year later, she says, I find myself being the director over the women's shelter. And it's a huge one now. Um, and she's the, you know, the one that has developed other counselors with these other ladies. And she loves the women and she's ministering to them. And and it's it's changed her life. And she's being able to be pastoral to them. And she never thought she would be that. She was in the corporate world and it was not anything that she would have ever dreamt of of wanting or desiring to do but God had different plans and that's what he'll do he'll put you in that position he'll put you in that situation where you'll be able to fulfill the calling on your life amen to that um here's another question to ask um the devil doesn't know the future does he nor do his demons now they know our past that's why they pull people fortune tellers but um they can try to make suggestions for your future and try to steer you that way, but Satan doesn't know the future. Now, let's say, um, as a prophet, you are delivering the word of the Lord to a person, and they receive it. And uh, is it uh, reasonable to think that there are probably demons out there tuning into the conversation and report back to headquarters and say, we just found out that God's going to do so-and-so with a person? Um That'll be the first time that the enemy's heard about it because he doesn't know the future. And now he's heard of something great that God wants to do in a person's life. Could he then, meaning Satan and his demons, then try to war against the person and um, and try to stop it from happening? And if that's the case, do we need then to take that word and do some warfare back and push forward to see this thing come to pass? Are there times like that 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 might happen? Well, yes, absolutely, and that's, again, why I say you've got to type out the word. You know, you can't just put it on the shelf and try to remember it. I mean, hopefully, as many times as you can, if you get a personal prophecy or a prophetic word that you have it recorded, type it out, put it down and written in paper where you're praying over it and canceling the plans and attacks of the enemy, rebuking the devourer for your life and for your friends and your family and loved ones, you know, uh, I think that the definitely the devil comes in and plays tricks with our minds. You know, we're supposed to cast out every vain imagination and fulfill it with the word of God. And so the thing is, is that we might even get a dream where it might be um, a disaster in our life or a family member's life. Uh, I had one late. I, I think this will answer your question because we got to cancel those ta- those times. I had a lady okay. come to me and she says, I keep having this recurring dream of just all these snakes around me. I wake up, there's snakes in my bed. They're trying to suffocate me. They're, you know, they're wrapped around my neck, my arm, my leg, my stomach. And, uh, and she says, you know, and I, I just, I, I'm so tired of this negativity. And I know God wants to do all these great things in my life. You know, he's called me to be this evangelist, but I'm being suffocated and, and I'm, 
I don't know what to do. And I said, well, you're accepting it. You're, you keep rehearsing it over and over and over and over again. You've got to cancel the plans and attacks of the enemy. You reverse the plans and attacks of the, of the enemy. And you say, this will not come to pass. I cancel it right now in Jesus' name. And I said, then don't ever mention it again. Don't ever rehearse it again. Because if you do, you're just keep giving him more and more power to come back in and keep bringing that thought to you over and over and over again. And I said, and what have you done with your life? As far as evangelizing, have you done it? She says, no. I said, because you're too fearful and you'd rather just keep telling everybody about this negative dream over here and how the enemy's coming in to try to suffocate you. But God wants you to be evangelist, but you're still not doing what God's calling you to do. You're, you're following the steps of the devil. And she was, you know, uh, a great believer, a wonderful woman of God. And it really opened her eyes. You know, sometimes, though, people could get mad at that. And rebuke me on that when real in reality, she took the truth of this and she prayed with me right then. She's I cancel it in the name of Jesus. And she stomped on it on the ground and I mean, did a prophetic act. And guess what? She's a great evangelist, great evangelist. She called. I mean, she has led a lot of people to the Lord. Folks, we're with Prophet Leslie Johnson. I'm loving this broadcast tonight. Uh, we're talking about prophecy, what a prophet does how they operate, what it takes to be a prophet. Perhaps God is talking to you out there and you feel this calling. God is calling you into this area. Maybe you're already working in that prophetic gift. Um, to finish up that question I just asked you, just to relate what happened to me is, um, well, first of all, let me say, I, I love what you said. We need to uh, write the word down. Uh, if you can get a recording, get a recording. I've tried, Sister Leslie, to save every prophetic word I've received. And I got my first one, I think it was 2005. It was kind of unsolicited. Um, <clears throat> I, I was living on the island of, um, in the nation of Panama, rather, and down near the Panama Canal back in 2005. I'm running a business, and we got into a situation where for me to continue this business going forward, I was going to have to do a deal with a South African farmer where I was buying my Hootie Gordoni plant from. I had a product back then called Desert Burn we were making, and this guy wanted me to um, basically do a deal with him and invest in some property because Hootie was very scarce, and he said, we've got to plant some Hootie to have another harvest. I'm going to need some money to do it, and I'm going to run with somebody. If it's true, you're going to have Hootie. If not, you may have no more Hootie to sell. So he put me under some pressure. I'd even met this guy, Sister Leslie, done, just done a few deals with him, and he wanted me to come up with like, um, basically it was like 75 grand. Now, number one, I didn't have the money. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, met him in person, and all I could think of were these Nigerian scams, you know, where people have been scamming people, you know, send me money and, and we'll do this, you know. So I knew I could get the money. I had some friends who would were venture capitalists, but they charged high interest. And if I signed a deal with them, I was going to have to pay. And if I sent the money... And this guy turned out to be a scam artist. Well, then I'm out the money. Well, make a long story short. All I knew to do was just go to the Lord in prayer. And it was a little small company we had. It was me, my brother, and we had a secretary named Tarina, 2005. And I just said uh, to my brother Cameron, Tarina, I said, hey, we got to make a big decision here. If we're going to continue as a company, I'm going to have to do this deal, it looks like. But I don't know. I could be wrong about it. I need some prayer. Could maybe we get together on a lunch break and pray? And so that was the plan. We were going to pray. And Trina said, hey, I've got a friend. She's a prophet. 
um, would you mind if she joined with us in prayer? And I said, well, of course not. That'd be great. The more, the better. And so we had set up an appointment. We were going to pray. And uh, before this appointment came about, I get this message um, from Tarina, the secretary. She says, uh, our friend Jeanette was over at the dollar store and was praying, and the Lord told her something about you and about this. And I said, what did he say? And she says, well, she won't tell me. All of a sudden, I said, dear Lord, <laughs> this is not sounding good. <laughs> What's showed her? I'm in trouble. And I said to Tarina, you've got to give me your phone number. I've got to talk to Jeanette. Uh, okay. And so I called her, and nice lady, never spoke to her before. And I said, uh, I got a message. You, the Lord showed you something at the dollar store about this deal. And said, yes, he did. I'm still trying to download it, the word. Well, can you tell me what he said? And she says, no, I can't release it to you at this time. Well, that made me even more scared, you know. I'm thinking, am I going to die? Is there something going on? <laughs> well, no, she was just uh, trying to be responsible and hadn't gotten the whole word yet. And uh, she said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and pray and seek the Lord. And we're going to get together in about a week, and then I'm going to uh, tell you what the Lord showed you. And I said, fair enough. And uh, so I, I followed the instructions. A week later, we got on the phone, and she says, well, did you do what I asked? Did you read the word? And did God show anything? And I said, well, I was reading, and there was this uh, verse that uh, the Lord gave me. I believe it was the Lord. I just opened up, and it, I felt he was speaking to me. And he gives me this word, Sister Leslie, over in Jeremiah. It was, um, I think, Jeremiah chapter 1. And I tell Jeanette this, and then um, she said, good. She said, I feel confirmation on that. And she said, um, the Lord has told me something about this, and here's what I'm going to do uh, a week from the, today. We're going to get together, and I'm going to give you the word of the Lord. So fast forward, that time came. Uh, I got the word. She sent it to me on an MP3, and that was the first word I ever got. I've tried to save everyone that I've ever received since then. I like what Brother Stan said. You know, he would get a word, and if I recall, he would take it, even print it out, and put it up on the mirror in his bathroom. He'd be brushing his teeth, and, you know, he'd be reading these words. Yes. And, you know, he was um, he would continue to read them and meditate on them, and, you know, uh, he took take them very serious. So I tried to do that, too, and um, listen to words, and I'll see certain things come to pass. Others, I, I think, are still for a future time. Well, on this particular case, though, make this long story longer. I got the word, and it was exciting. And it was something totally different than what I was uh, had expected to hear. As to whether I should do that deal, the Lord says, yes, you can do the deal. But there are other sources for Hootia, so you don't have to feel pressure. But if you want to do the deal, you can do it, and you'll be safe. But we did the deal. I didn't lose my shirt. Everything worked out. But I got another word that uh, was about my future. And uh, I was so excited, I called my grandparents who were pastors. They were going down the road. I called three people, and to my shock and dismay, two of the calls that I made, they just totally shot me down. They were negative. They were act acting and, you know, just um, doubt and unbelief. They couldn't uh, come into any agreement with me on this word. And I'll tell you, I was set back for a bit. And um, she also told me, though, she said, the word I'm going to give you you're going to have to war over it. The enemy is going to try to come and steal it, and you're going to have to speak that word and uh, have faith and believe and um, review it continually. 
and remember what the Lord is saying and, you know, stay in the boat on this one. And I was just so surprised at the response that some people might have. And uh, I've kind of learned from from there since. You can't uh, share everything with everyone. <laughs> no, especially family members, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, man, they, they threw me under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I, uh, for a minute, I began to doubt it. But then I called one brother, and he said, you know, hey, he stood with me on that. And so I just caution people out there. You can't share everything with everyone. Some people might be jealous about a word you get. Uh, they might be operating with a unclean spirit which doesn't want that to come to pass. And if they can get you to come out of, uh, you know, agreement and, you know, throw it, throw it out. I mean, the enemy could steal that word. So uh, be very careful about that. Um, but I treasure the word of the Lord. And folks, don't treat it haphazardly. Write these things down so you got the word you received. If you try to do it from memory later, you might lose a very important detail. Is that true, Sister Leslie? Yeah, they can, oh. they can lose them even the meaning or they can add to it what they want to add to it to become very prideful. You know, we've got to make sure that we're not prideful when God speaks to us. Um, it's, it's important to use wisdom. And again, not everybody we can share it with. And it's, I think sometimes those that know us the best, even family members, loved ones, friends, you know, just be cautious because they might remember the old you where God is seeing where he wants you to be and where he wants to take you. And he's looking past all of the history where those that, you know, are going to be so negative, they're not going to pay attention to where God wants to take you. They're taking you back to the past. And sometimes, like you said, just running over with that bus and they'll do that. They will. Folks, we're live with prophets. Leslie Johnson. She's written a book called what it takes to be a prophet. Um, some may be asking, Sister Liz, what was that word the Lord gave me? I found it. It's um, Jeremiah 1. He gave me um, verses 4 through about 9. And you know what was interesting to me is uh, this was 2005, right? And um, I wrote this down. And then um, fast forward, let's see, I guess how many years later, um, 12 years later, I'm sitting over here in this island called Bali. We live over in Bali, Indonesia. I'm sure Brother Stan told you on the other side of the world. And uh, it came time, Sister Leslie, for our first son with my wife, Narita, and I to be born. He's born, but we don't have a name for him yet. <laughs> we were trying to figure out, what are we going to call our son? And we were kicking around different names, and I would suggest one, and she didn't like it, or she would tell me one, and I didn't like it. So we were in a mess. So we just said, okay, we'll just sit tight, and let's ask the Lord. Well, one day she tells me, she says, uh, I'm hearing the word Jeremiah. I said, really? Well, let me go to the Lord and see what he says. And um, tell you what happened is, uh, make a short story here. I get awoken from a, uh, a text that comes into my phone one night, Sister Leslie, and one of the listeners to the show texted me. I heard it, woke up, looked at it, and they said there's an emergency situation with one of the guest speakers. They're in a, a situation. They need some help today. And so I got up. This was a friend of mine who had a need. And I decided, well, you know, i got to start the show in a few hours. I'm just going to get up and pray. And I went and I said, I think, Lord, I need to get on the air and, and um, talk to the people about this and see if we can raise some help for this person. But, but I don't know. Maybe uh, some people shoot me down if I do that. So I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Sister Leslie, I opened the Bible, and it fell open to the same verse that the Lord gave me back in 2005. 
and I'm reading the exact word he gave me. And I had a couple questions that day. What are we going to name our son? Does the Lord want me to get on the air and um, ask people to help raise some money for this individual? They had a, a pressing need that day. And then I was kind of questioning, you know, Lord, did you put President Trump in office? This was around right after he had been uh, elected. I had voted for him, but I was still a little unsure. Was this the man you wanted? And I was even unsure about our ministry. And just to show you how God works, with one verse, God uh, came over here and says says to me, um, the name, Jeremiah, that's the one he had given my wife. I said, okay, you tell me that's our name for our son. You told my wife first. This is my confirmation. I, I read on down there where it says, um, See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, and to build and to plant. I believe that's a picture of the um, the job that God called President Trump to when he elected him. I hope he's able to fill that, but he's certainly tearing down the new world order. He's trying to build and plant. He has been perfect. Let's just pray for the, the brother that he finishes the race. It was also a word about our ministry that that's what God has called us to do because we do a lot of uh, deliverance and spiritual warfare. And um, also in here it says, uh, do not be afraid of them. Uh, here it is, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you. So the Lord was telling me, don't be afraid of what people think. Get up there and uh, raise some money for this individual who has a need that's got to be answered today. That was just amazing to me because it was almost um, 11, 12 years from the date I received the original word. It's amazing how God operates. But folks, take the word of the Lord very seriously. Write it down. Don't handle it haphazardly. Um, some things may happen right away. Some may be things that you put on the shelf and for a future date. Uh, back to you, Sister Leslie. Is that true? You may, in the office of a prophet, give a person a word, and it could be for the right now. Have you seen some prophecies that you've given uh, be fulfilled, but maybe years down the road? Does that happen? Well, I don't watch over the words that I give. So, um, but just in my own personal life, yes, it happens. We have been given words. We know where the direction is, where it's going, uh, but it hasn't been fulfilled yet. Um, one of the first words that Stan, actually, I think it was the first word Stan gave me, and it was in front of another prophet at the time, is that I would write 18 books and I hadn't even written my first one. And I'm like, wow. 18 books, I don't even like to read, much less write a book. <laughs> so now, you know, it's six. So I've got some more to go. So it hasn't were been fulfilled. Thinking, when you heard that, were you thinking, tell me the truth now, were you saying, Lord, did they hear from you? Yeah, I said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said that. It's like, no, it ain't going to happen. Matter of fact, I remember when – um. I said, I, you know, even like a year later, I was like, Lord, okay, you said I was going to write 18. I better get started at the time. And this was back in yeah. early 2000. And so I remember we went, we had to go for a meeting. And I thought, okay, if I just can get away, get away from where the kids are and be able to think, you know, Stan can go start running the meeting. I'll just sit here and I'll start writing the book. And I remember sitting there. I mean, I already had the thing that God does with me is I have the picture of the book, what it looks like. At the end, and I guess that's the way with a lot of prophets. I mean, I I would, even with, with my editor, they have a nightmare editing my stuff 
because I always start with the end of the sentence first and go then go back to the first part. It's crazy. So I, it's like I see the end before I see the beginning, and I see the. I had a vision from God. I had a dream though on my first book. I had a dream, and I I knew exactly what it was going to look like. It's called the perfect touch. I knew exactly how it was going to be. And so I had already knew I was to write it. There was a confirmation there. And I was sitting in this hotel room with my computer, my laptop computer. And I'm like, I don't even know how to start. I guess I'll start with the, and I might have to just put end, the end, because I don't even know where to go. But as soon as I was just faithful and started typing the, all of a sudden it was like my, um, my mind, I was just filled with just these words and I just started typing. I didn't even really know what I was typing till later on and began to read it, go back and read it and saw that, you know, God was really doing what he said. It was called the perfect touch. And that's exactly, you know, what this book is. It's, it's giving people, you know, a, a knowledge and a knowing and, and it, it ministers to them with his perfect touch. So, yes, there's times that God gives us stuff that has not come about, hasn't come to pass. But, you know, if I had never started that first book, I certainly wouldn't be starting on my seventh right now. Uh, you know, there, there, you have to do your part and you have to believe and you have to trust him. And it's there's things that have been said over us that have not come to pass yet, but we know they will. We know they're there. We can sense them. We know it. We feel it. And it will happen where there's no doubt in our mind. But yes, there's a lot still to come. We just haven't fulfilled it yet, but there is. You know, you're walking it out in faith, uh, believing. And look, it's almost, uh, you're almost a third or half of the way there. It's coming to pass. That was a real word. You know, um, we're live with Prophet Leslie Johnson. I was reminded of that verse. It says, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. James 2.18. Mm-hmm. Yes, Folks, so. Um, yes, the footsteps of a righteous man or woman order the Lord, but we have to take that footsteps, right? We got to step out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the prophet's job is to edify others. And when we, we think of prophets, sometimes there's a negative sense to them thinking that they're, again, it's a lot of times it's because of untrained prophets. You know, they, they're, I call them loose cannons. They're not going about the right way of um, ministering or delivering, or maybe they've isolated themselves because they've been so rejected. You know, there's a lot of reasons why they are rejected. Again, they just haven't been trained. But we, you know, the job of a prophet is to edify because the number one thing to a prophet is his will to please God. And if we please God by whether it's prophesying to someone or praying for someone for a healing or maybe it's just in our own home. You know, that's the place to start. God doesn't call you just to be a major prophet to the nations if you don't have a track record even with your own home. You have to have a track record with your your family members. Gain the trust of them before he's going to trust you to, to really minister to nations. And I wholeheartedly believe that. And it's out of balance right now. So get back to the will of God you know, to please him. Start again with your own home. And if God calls you only to be that home prophet, then be happy that he's called you to be that. If he calls you to be an intercessor, be happy that he's called you to do that. Uh, if, he's, if he's called you to be, 
you know, an evangelist, but it's just in your own little community or just in your own neighborhood, then be happy that he called you to do that. But do it with your whole heart, your whole mind, might so that you'll be pleasing God. Um, sometimes your prophets are very direct and yes, they have knowledge of the future and dreams, visions, you know, all those kinds of things. They change organizations. They strange change the structures. They change the directions for people. They carry spiritual forces and all those things are so true. But if they don't deliver it the way God wants them to with the God's fruit that we're supposed to have, you know, the nine fruits of the spirit, nine gifts of the spirit, the nine fruits of the spirit. If we don't do that, then we're, we're nothing. We're just, we're not delivering in love. And so that's so important to get back to, to pleasing God and knowing what his will is for your life. Sister Leslie, I made some notes here as we're going along, uh, some things I wanted to have you uh, help us with. Um, in the word of God, it talks about, um, over in first Corinthians, the church and, uh, in the church it talks about the order of you know, how to have orderly worship and so forth. Um, uh, prophecies in the church, uh, speaking in tongues in the church is for today. I've heard a verse though, which I want to get you to illuminate a little bit. It says that the, uh, spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophets. Is there a spirit of prophecy? What does that mean? And that it's subject to the Prophets. I think it's talking about this text where, let's say you have two or three prophets uh, in service, and God gives them a revelation how they can take turns uh, delivering the word, and then um, they judge it, and it says the spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophecy. What's that mean? Well, it, it does mean it'll be judged by the other prophets. Um, it starts also, if you're, let's say you're in a church setting, and there's uh, three prophets there, and they have a gift of prophecy. And, you know, he's God is, again, he's in a orderly um, setting, like a church setting, for example. He wants things done decently in an order. And so many times as a, one prophet begins to give a prophetic word, a prophecy to someone, that gift of prophecy will stir up the atmosphere, stirs it up in the whole room. And it's like that it just transfers from one to the other, to the other, to the other. And they're able to prophesy or maybe expound on it. You know, I tell people when I'm uh, working with them um, to not piggyback, <laughs> you know, like don't, don't just repeat what one prophecy just pro prophet just said because, or someone that just prophesied, they don't have to be a prophet to give a prophecy. But if they, if they give a prophecy, there's no sense in repeating it just because that spirit of prophecy has been operating in the room, it's been illuminated in the room because once it starts, it's transferable and it can go on for a long time. You know, um, you know, God does again, he wants things done decently in order. We don't let it go on and on and on. Unless we're into some kind of training and equipping situation so that, you know, everybody can be edified by it. But, if it's if it's in a uh, gathering with a a organized group like a church service or something, it will stir up the atmosphere and you could go on and on and on for a long time. And it is subject to the other prophets. In other words, they are confirming that, yes, that was what God was saying. I was raised in the early church back in the 70s. I'm 50 today, but I remember growing up in my grandfather's church. I had two grandfathers that um pastor with the church of god based out of cleveland tennessee lee college and um pentecostal 
would have um, great songs about the blood of Jesus. They, they preached the gospel there. And there would be many times um, someone stand up and begin to speak in tongues. And other would interpret. I remember we had um, we saw a prophecy at work there. People would prophesy. It was exciting time. And uh, folks, that was only for the seventies. It's for today, two thousand twenty. We're talking New Testament church here. Prophets are for today. And uh, I said that to say this: we have some that mock the uh, office of a prophet or prophetic word. And I tell them they need to shut their mouth because you're on dangerous ground when you begin to speak against. Um, the prophetic, um, there is a verse that says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. What does that mean to you, Sister Leslie? Just like what it says. Um, you know, if we, if we come against a prophet, because God knows that as prophets, they are spiritually sensitive, but they're also naturally sensitive people, believe it or not. <laughs> Most people, because of the anointing, when they get into the anointing, think that they're uh, that they can't be hurt. And, you know, God is warning them, don't you dare hurt my prophet because they do have to deliver my word. They do have to deliver it with force. They do have to change lives. They do have to speak the truth. They do have to call people back to righteousness. And if you are coming against them, you know, God will, um, I've seen it happen. Unfortunately, I don't like it. I've seen just in our own ministry, I've seen where they've come against the prophetic, come against the prophet. And um, I, I don't like what's happened, but it's it's not been good on many levels. And um, I've seen I've seen people go to jail now years later because they've come against me or Stan or whatever. And I don't brag about it. I, I, I hate it. Uh, but God warns you to not come against the prophet because they are they are sensitive I'm a very sensitive person. I'm sensitive in the spirit realm, but I'm also just a sensitive person naturally. Um, of course, just being a woman, I guess, that <laughs> would make you more that way anyway, but uh, definitely. You know, <laughs> I remember the story from my childhood about uh, people that made fun of Elijah the prophet because he was bald-headed. Yes. And, you know, I've warned some people. I said, you know, God takes his prophets very seriously. You're not to mock the man and woman of God. Uh, hey, if you hear something and you're, you say, was that from God? Well, hey, hold your peace. Right. You know, Wait. like, think about Elijah. Wasn't it he, because they mocked him for being bald headed and he killed a bunch of children because of it? So, he you know, came out of the woods, eat those children. Folks, yeah. that happened. They were mocking him and the bear came out and ate them. That's right. Uh, you don't want to mess with Elijah. I'll tell you what, he was calling down fire. People got roasted back then. Yep. And, you know, it's it's a very dangerous thing, folks. Uh, so we need to respect uh, the Lord, respect the office of the prophet, and uh, not mock prophetic gifts. They are for today. It's right there in New Testament. Fivefold ministry is for today. Pastors, prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists. It's right there in New Testament church. That has not ceased. Yes, we have prophets. We have one right now in the program, Prophet Leslie Johnson. We've had others here. Like my friends at Soulbait. They're the real deal, folks. Now, Sister Leslie has written a book, and uh, we're going to tell you again in a, in a little bit how you can order a copy, but you want to get this. I'm just going to read some of the chapter headings, and we're going to get back in some QA with Leslie. What it takes to be a prophet, folks, here are some of the chapters and uh, subject areas she's going to cover in this book. Receiving a gift, chapter one. Chapter two, what is a prophet? 
uh, are there female prophets? Prophets bless and prophets curse. She talks about blessings and curses that come out from this office. Major prophets goes into minor prophets and intercessors. Is training necessary for a prophet? I would say yes. Recognizing truth, a prophet standards. Do we really need prophets today? Yes. What level am I on? Uh, let me stop right there. Leslie, talk about that for a minute. What level am I on? Let's say a person, uh, God is using them, and they uh, operate in a uh, gift of giving prophetic words, and they feel the calling to the office of the prophet, and the Lord confirms that. Um, what do you mean by um, what level am I on? It goes back to um, there are different levels of prophets, and I've kind of just mm, thrown this out there here and there, like if you're a home prophet. People sometimes think just because they're saying I'm a prophet or I have a calling to be a prophet or I have the anointing to be a prophet or I've had someone pray for me and anoint me in the office of a prophet, that means I'm a prophet to the nations. That's not necessarily the truth. And most of the time, like 99% of the time, that will not be the truth. There's very, very few major prophets that God has called to the nations. Um, they It starts off with a prophet. Well, even if you've been anointed by another prophet saying you're in the office of a prophet, it still takes years to be trained. It still takes. It's just like, you know, Elijah with Elijah. I mean, he followed him around. Could it could it mean that, you know, um, Elijah could could do many of the things that Elijah was doing? Yes, of course. But at the same time, he was he was respectful. He he took care of, you know, of him. He followed him around. He was trained. He followed his footsteps. He watched him very carefully. And it, it starts off with the home. That's what I mean by the level. Are you a home prophet are you a church prophet, which is where many are called? They're just supposed to stay in that office of a, of a church prophet and not try to get out of that realm of being a church prophet. You know, even um, Moses, you know, he had 70 elders. He, he distributed them out to to get uh, others to be trained and to be because he needed help. He needed help there. And so he's really, and just like Samuel, he had the school of the prophets, some that he would send out and they would just go and prophesy to someone or some nation or some city or something. And then you never heard of them again. I mean, it's just what level has God really called you to be? You know, it's, 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 um, if we'll, if we'll seek the Lord and find out and if he wants you to be a home prophet and you just minister to your family members, your loved ones, and you prophesy and they can trust you and you speak to them, you help interpret their dreams and things like that, then stay there. If that's where he's put you at, stay there. Don't try to be a nation, a nation, a prophet to the nations. When God has ordained you to do that, he hasn't anointed you to do that because you can lead many, many astray. You know, there's some out there right now that call themselves major prophets and nothing unnerves me more, and Stan will tell you, he's more lenient with this than I am. And they'll just speak out something, and they'll say, oh, well, we prayed that away. There's sometimes you can pray, but when a major prophet of the Lord is speaking to a nation, he is delivering a mes message just like, you know, you've got to repent. Uh, you've got to uh, turn this around or whatever. If, if 
the the leader, and I, I know that just not long ago, even President Trump, and he's the leader of our nation, said to fast and to pray. Praise God, we finally had a leader do that. There was a Amen. time. There was a time that um, God gave me a dream, for example, of El Paso, Texas, and it was going to be a flood that came, and it was going to be because a dam breaks, and then you know, and people even stand called, you know. Um, uh, the city city mayor's office, or I can't. I'm probably getting this wrong. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna say, Leslie, you just really damaged that story. But uh, he remembers my messages sometimes better than I do. But we call he called it to warn them. They said, no, there's no dam that's uh, even within 60 miles. Well, then all of a sudden, because it was raining and raining and raining, all of a sudden the rains came, just like my dream said. The rains were gonna come, and it didn't stop for like a hundred days. I mean, it went on and on. So much so that all of a sudden this old dam that they had forgotten about was filling up and it was about to destroy, go down the Rio Grande and just destroy much of El Paso. Well, the 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 um, city mayor called for the city to pray and it stopped it. And so that's that's why I say there's a difference between a major prophet and someone that's a minor prophet. There's I don't disgruntle a, a minor prophet i don't disgruntle even one that's a home prophet as long as they stay in that anointing that god's called them to be in don't think just because you have profit on your card on your little um business card says i'm a prophet of god that doesn't mean beans to me just don't if you will if you'll stay in anointing god's called you to be in then he will work through you you'll see mighty miracles you'll see mighty things happen and you'll be able to be fulfilled because you're doing what God's called you to do. Don't just think you're a major prophet just because you've been anointed in the office of a prophet. And that's what I'm saying. That's why there's different levels, whether it's home, church, city, region, or a national. This is very important aspect of the office of the prophet. Uh, We're live with prophet Leslie Johnson. If you're just joining us, this is exciting interview tonight. Okay. So let me ask you this question this way. Um, Here's a million-dollar question. Two parts. Can anyone operate in a gift of prophecy? And number two, can anyone be a, a prophet? The gift of prophecy is different than a prophet. We're all to prophesy. God will speak through every one of us, every one of us to prophesy and to minister. Prophesying means to edify, to exhort, to build up, to encourage someone, just like the word says. He he says, I want every one of you to prophesy just because someone can prophesy accurately and easily does not mean they're a prophet. So I don't want that to get confused just because someone can get dreams and visions and um, uh, be woken up in the middle of the night and have, you know, have a message for for America does not mean that they're a prophet. They may be called to be an intercessor and a prayer warrior, and that's where they need to stay. That's where they're going to do the most good for the anointing that God has put on them. Do not wish to be a prophet. It always amazes me when we do these uh, crusades and we used to have people, okay, if God has uh, called you to be an apostle, come forward. And there'd be a few people out of the 500 there that would come forward. If people have called, you know, if God's called you to be a, a um, an ancestor, if anybody's called, if God's called you to be an evangelist, you know, a few people, teacher, a few people, pastors, a little more come forward. Okay, if anybody's, if God's called you to be 
you know, a prophet. I mean, it's like almost the whole place comes up there. And I'm like, why are you wanting to come up here? Do you not know the sacrifices that you have to go through? Do you not know the training that God's going to put you through? Why would you want that? And I know that they do because they feel like that if they're a prophet, then God has a special place for them. It means that they're closer to God. And you know what? It's there's there's times I hate being called a prophet. Matter of fact, I have quit so many times. I can't even tell you. <laughs> I quit God. I quit, you know, and his ten goes, no, you don't. So I don't know why they wish it. Although they see the power, they see the anointing, they see um, the boldness that that person walks in. They, and they desire it. They want it, but don't wish it upon yourself. Only do what God has called you to do. You know, we can't all be the eye. We can't all be the hand. We can't all be yeah. the foot. Uh, we have to operate in the gifts and callings God has called each one of us to. And if you're called to be an intercessor and you have messages for America, God's putting you on your face in the middle of the night, I promise you, to pray for this nation or other nations, not to be a prophet. Because all this, I'll say this too. You have to first be an intercessor before you can ever be considered a prophet. You cannot be a prophet unless you're an intercessor first. It's not going to happen. Folks, we're getting answers to the questions many of us have had. I'm enjoying tonight's program, and I agree with you. Um, There are many people who just say, you know, uh, I want to serve the Lord. Yes, I'm going to be a prophet, or I've decided I'm going to be a pastor. Um, We need to go to the Lord and see what he's asked us to do. Um, God may have called somebody a prophet or a pastor. He may have not have called you to do either. He may want you to be an evangelist or a teacher. Would that be correct, Sister Leslie, that um, we can't just voluntarily say, I choose to be so-and-so? We need to seek the Lord because he may not have called a person in that particular office and path, but rather another. I mean, I'm sure we've we've all seen maybe some that uh, – became a pastor because that's what their mother or their grandmother wanted. And then they didn't last very long because God didn't call them to be a pastor. That's he right. wanted them to do something else. Could we make that same mistake thinking, oh, man, it would be cool to be a prophet. That's what I'm going to be. And God <laughs> God doesn't back you on that? You want to be slapped around a little bit, then just go that route. <laughs> it's not. I, I mean, you can get slapped around even if you're called to be a prophet of God, but, um, you know, God will keep you on the straight and narrow, but. Oh, my goodness. If you want to be beat up a little bit in the spiritual realm and also just um, get your wings clipped, then, you know, that's the route to go. But I would not recommend it at all. Um, it's not it's not a place you want to go, especially calling yourself a prophet when God has not really ordained you to do that. And that's out there. And um, so, folks, um, you're going to encounter this. So the true prophets of God, they're, they're a counterfeit. Satan's always going to counterfeit. And then there's people that uh, have called themselves, and God hasn't called them. So we need to seek the Lord. And um, if God has called a person uh, to the office of a prophet or a pastor, any of these positions, um, will he groom you for that, Sister Leslie? And uh, you'll feel the peace of God. Will he confirm it so a person knows that, yes, this is the path that God has called me to? You know, yes, um, but also no. There's there's times, I, all the way I can do this and say this is from personal experience of the past and ministering to others and people up coming up and speaking to me. And usually, you know, I can recognize 
someone that's been called to the office of a prophet pretty quickly, especially when they start speaking to me. Um, there's a lot of times they're not called when they are not humble. They're not called if they're prideful. They're not called if they're saying, well, God's the one that anointed me. He's the one that's put me in the position to be a prophet. It's I, 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 everything is I. So when they go that route, you can pretty much know that that's not what they're called to do. Uh, they are wannabes and those are dangerous. They're very dangerous to be out there in the church. They're dangerous to be out there in our society because they're ruining the gifts and callings of God. And they're ruining the gifts of, and of callings of someone that is really an actual prophet that really needs to go out and do good in the churches and for God's people and also to speak to the nations so that people will really adhere to them. Um, I, I can see also if they're just, if they're living in, in sin, I mean, blatant sin, um, it's, I'm telling you that it's, you can, you can tell that way too, that they're not of God. You know, God says to know them by their fruits. And if they don't have the fruits, then how can they be in that ministry, especially as a prophet? Uh, it's, it's, it's a lonely place to be sometimes. It's a scary place to be sometime. And if they aren't at the position where, um, they're so afraid to speak sometimes because they want to make sure they're going to please God and speak his word, his speak his truth. And they're just speaking what they want, tickling ears, you know, et cetera. Um, then, you know, again, they might as well just throw away their, their business plan and their business cards that say I'm a prophet because they're not worth anything. Absolutely. And folks, this is a position that carries with it extreme responsibility. Um, be careful what you ask for. Oh, God, I want to be a prophet. No, they he don't. may want you to be a prophet, but <laughs> understand there's a price to pay. If you yeah. look at the history of a lot of the prophets, they, you know, they were persecuted. Some of them were sawed in half. Yep. You know, um, tortured. Poor yeah. Jeremiah. I always felt sad when I read his story and yeah. saw the movie. There's a great one on Jeremiah. Yes, there is. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that you won't be able to marry, but that was the burden he had to carry. You know, you may be given a word that uh, it's a heavy word, and there's a responsibility that goes with it. And uh, you say, Lord, I don't want to give that word. Uh, that reminds me. Let me take you back in time for a minute. Uh, didn't I tell you, Sister Leslie, time will go fast here? Can I extend you another 15 minutes? Is that possible? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, it did, it did go fast. But yes, sir, you can, of course. It always happens like that on Mega Man Ready. I hope you feel at home here tonight. I do. Um, I want to take you back um, maybe to the 80s and 90s. Tell me about meeting the prophet Dimitri Dudeman. What was that experience like? Oh, that was um, that was quite an experience. I had never been around a prophet, and Stan really not either. But you know, we had great respect for this man, and he was from the old school prophet. He's from Romania, which uh, nothing against Romanians because I love them, uh, the ones I've met. And but they're you know, it seems like there's kind of a frown on their face, and it's probably just especially Dimitri, like his. His demeanor, his upbringing, and you know he, he was he seemed very harsh, and he was he was old school prophet like like I mean when he spoke, you know the earth trembled. I mean that's that's the kind that he did. Now he now he did have quite a bit of a sense of, a sense of humor, and we got to witness that, um, but it was few and far between. I remember um, my kids, you know they were young at the time, and 
and every time he he would come, he would they would he would stay with us in our house. I mean, my kids have been so blessed by having different prophets and apostles and ministers stay in our home, sleeping in their beds. I mean, just the anointing that was transferred to my children's because of that. I know, right? But you know, they 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 feared him and respected him. And I remember him fixing. He always fixed the most huge pot. I mean, I had to go buy another big pot pan because he wanted to cook. And he was used to cooking for um, like uh, like our Marines. He was used to cooking on a ship, so he cooked way more than what was going to feed us as a family and him and and his grandson Michael Bodea. And it would he'd fill up this huge pot with chicken and potatoes, and and then he'd sit there, we'd pray, and then he'd look at my children. And he'd say, "Eat," and it would scare them to death. I mean, they wouldn't even lift their head up from the table at that point. They just sat there and ate. <laughs> And I remember one time we were at... Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. We're still live. Continue on. All right. I remember a time that we were uh, out to eat at a restaurant, and and I always smile. I'm a smiling type person. And he, uh, and this is all through the interpreter course, Michael, his his grandson, and he says, um, he goes, with his stern face, you know, I know he was looking at me saying something kind of stern and, and he says, why do you always smile? And so Michael, you know, he, when he interpreted, he used the same hand gestures, the same voice inflection you know, that Dimitri would, he goes, why do you always smile? And I said, because I have the joy of the Lord, don't you? <laughs> well, at that point it broke out in laughter. He started laughing and, you know, and things like that. And I wear a um, gold nail on my left pinky nail, and I have for, gosh, 40 years. And uh, and so he said to me one time, he goes, he goes, why do you wear that gold nail? And I and I said, and he said, do you not like the one that God gave you? And I went, mm, no, not really. I like this one better. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> but Stan would like, you know, he'd like, when I hide under the table, because, <laughs> you know, but Dimitri was, um, you know, since known by their fruits, he was really such a loving man. I mean, he would be firm in his delivery. Like I said, he didn't smile very often. And people would just, his presence, he had that presence about him that people would tremble when they would, you know, would walk in. I mean, everybody would repent. Immediately, like, Lord, forgive me for my sins and making sure that they were right with God because they knew if they weren't right with God, it was going to be red that day <laughs> in front of people. I mean, yeah. you know, he walked with that kind of anointing. And, and there was a time that it just worked out where uh, I had to go and take Dimitri to speak at a full gospel businessmen's meeting in Manhattan, Kansas, which was about 45 minutes from us at the time when we lived in Topeka, Kansas. Because Stan couldn't take him, so I took him to this uh, full gospel businessmen's meeting, and and it was kind of interesting because he ended up kind of joking a little bit here and there on the way, and I think just because he probably kind of felt like I was a little uncomfortable, I was having to be in the place of my husband at the time and taking him to this this meeting, and so he kind of lightened it up a little bit for me. But we get to the full gospel businessmen's meeting, and they weren't going to let me in. Because I was a woman. And I mean to tell you, Dimitri, I mean, he 
and this is all through the interpreter, he blasted them and said, come on, we're leaving. I mean, he was pulling me out the door. We were leaving. And they're like, no, 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 she can come in. She can come in. And about that time, you could see men, you know, using their going to get phones and calling their wives. All of a sudden, all these other women started coming into the meeting. And so, I mean, at that point, you know, that that Manhattan Full Gospel Businessmen meeting, they didn't just keep it for men after that. But um, he was like, if she's not welcome, then I'm not welcome type of thing. And so he would he was um, a very gracious man, too, but very firm, very strong. Yeah, he was the real deal, folks. And you know what I love? so much about Prophecy Club, you and Brother Stan and your ministry, Sister Leslie, is that if it had not been for Prophecy Club, I would have never heard about Dimitri Dudeman. I think two of the three videos that exist, I don't know if there's more out there, are from Prophecy Club from the time y'all brought him in to speak and you recorded that. I'm so thankful for your ministry that keeps telling new generation today about what God showed is coming for America if we don't repent, and I believe it's coming soon. Um, Before I forget, let me ask you also, give us a story about the time you have seen the angel of the Lord. What's that like? (laughs) Stan's giving thumbs up because I don't talk about that very often. But um, Okay, so um, let me think of one of the last times. Okay, well, first of all, when I'm ministering um, uh, under the anointing, uh, strong anointing, I will will hear – the angel, an angel of the Lord speak to me in my ear. And, um, and so it, for example, I mean, like, I guess a strong gifting that God gives me is word of knowledge, word of wisdom when I'm under the anointing and, and ministering. And it's when they, when I know that the angel has spoken to me in my ear, it is so, I, I can go with an assurity that when I mention, uh, let's say some of, there's someone here with your left foot, your left ankle uh, is hurting. It will not go away. The pain doesn't go away. Something like that. I know for a fact that I have heard. There's no doubt in my mind. And you might say, well, how do you know it's the angel of the Lord? Well, because it's not in English. When I hear it, but it's transferred to me in an English um, where I understand it. And Stan's like, well, what does it sound like? Well, does it sound like Hebrew? No. Does it sound like, you know, Arabic? No. Does it sound like German? No. You know, there, it's just that it's a different language, but that I understand in English. And I'll give you an example that just came to my mind. Um, there was a time that we had, uh, I took off Stan, had his wedding ring, whatever, to, to clean it and then um, put it away for him to get, you know, later on. Well, it was missing for like six months. We could not find his wedding ring anywhere, searching everywhere for this wedding ring. And um, I go to bed one night, and I'm like, you know, Lord, send forth your angels. Speak to me. Speak to Have them come to me. Visit me. Show me where that, you know, Stan's ring is. Show me where it's at so that I can give it to him tomorrow. Sure enough, that night, an angel appears to me. And it was, um, it's just, it's really just like, um, just like a presence and you know, it's not demonic. You you could sense it that it's an angel of the Lord. Sometimes it's been when there's been a vision, it's been more glowy, but there's times there's a presence there. This particular time, it wasn't so much a glow or anything. It was just a presence that I knew was there. A reverence comes upon me and I hear whispered in my ear, his ring is in 
the jewelry cleaner. And it was so much so, it's in the little basket. I mean, he showed me. And so I said, okay. And I remember just in my, just laying there, okay, thank you. Thank you. Love you, Lord. And went back to sleep. Next morning, I get up. You'd think I should have got up then. I probably should have. But I, I did. I waited till the next morning. And I go right over exactly where it's at. And it, believe me, we had looked in that cleaner many, many times. Because that's where was the last place we put it. But it was like the angel just put it right back there. And I went in the next morning, took it to Stan. I said, here's your wedding ring. And I had told him the story. And he goes, well, how do you know? What happened? Who? I said, well, he, I said, well, how did you know it was there? And I said, well, the Lord told me. He said, what do you mean the Lord told you? Tell me exactly how he told you. I want to know all the details. <laughs> tell me exactly how you tell you. I said, well, um, it wasn't in English. It was an angel of the Lord came and spoke to me. He goes, it wasn't in English? What do you mean? So this is this has been my experience and many times my experience. I mean, there's times, you know, you even hear people saying they're at a, at a church service or a crusade or something and they... They could see the angels in the back corner or whatever, you know, and that's all fine and good. But with me, it's been a up close personal experience um, with Angel of the Lord. And no, it doesn't happen all the time. I I reverence it, I respect it, and you know, would I welcome it again? Yes. Am I fearful? There was a time, one time, I was because I was I was not doing something that was pleasing to God, and so. I felt the, you know, a hand come on the back of my head and put me face down and uh, was rebuked. And so it's it's real. You know, it's just a real experience. It is real. And I, I bet you the angels were talking to you in the tongues of angels. Yes. Folks, uh, what an awesome show this is. I've got one or two more questions here I want to ask before I forget. Um, Sister Leslie, can the gift of prophecy or the spirit of prophecy be transferred to a person through the laying on of hands can you pray for someone in other words and um that gift can be conferred on them absolutely just like um the gift of healing can be transferred um all all the nine gifts can be transferred gift of prophecy is you know one that's huge one of the things that I do in my school of prophets is I train them how to give that that um, prophecy, that gift of prophecy to someone. Uh, we we go through like whether they receive a vision, talk about that. Uh, sometimes people want to be able to have that. I've laid hands on people, transferred that anointing, so that they receive it and they start receiving a vision before they prophesy to someone, which is awesome to me. That's when I really know I'm. I'm the, I'm the most comfortable with that than just receiving yeah. a word. Nowadays, it doesn't matter to me so much, but, you know, early days it did. Um, but, yes, it can be transferred for sure, but it needs to be when the spirit of prophecy is operating and you're, you know, you're able to um, just be in tune with it and ask for that gift to be uh, transferred to someone. Anoint them, usually with oils, what I do anoint them and ask for that gift of prophecy to be transferred to them. Like I said, just like even um, healing, you know, there's different anointings that can come up on somebody and they can sense that it comes upon them for healing. There's different anointings that God has placed on people at different times. You know, one of the the strongest anointings that I have, and when I received um, the 
when I had the the prophets to lay hands on me to put me in the office of a prophet, I felt I literally felt a crown come up on my head. It was heavy. It was like a golden crown. I could feel it come up on my head. And then I felt um, like trickling down of just oil gone, going from me from the top of my head to my soles of my feet, flooding me in oil. And, and, and so many times, uh, you know, I long for that full sensation again. But definitely there's times when I'm under a strong anointing that crown has come up on my head. And it's very comforting because you know that God has anointed you for whatever reason at that time. You know, search out what the anointing is that God has for you. It could be different. Uh, for healing, many times people will receive like a the right hand or left hand or both hands where it gets hot, you know, in the, in the palm of their hand. Um, that could be God is really wanting to use you in the gift of, of healing, for example. And it can be transferred. Um, it happens every all the time. Whenever I've done School of Prophets, uh, that, that anointing is transferred. Um, the word of knowledge. It might be, um, man, it feels like you're, for me, sometimes it feels like my right ear is just burning and on fire. But it's, you know, the I know that the word of knowledge is real and speaking to me. Um, I'll begin to, you could just transfer those anointings to other people. Yes, absolutely. Here's one more question. Um, does a prophet carry a mantle or wear a mantle? And when the Lord is getting ready to call a prophet home, uh, can they throw that mantle and transfer it on to someone like uh, Elijah did to Elisha? Um, yes, I believe so. I believe um, that the mantle is transferred. It might, it you know, just like you know Elijah and Elijah, it wasn't they didn't operate exactly the same, but the mantle was transferred. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I I believe, believe I believe that like the that. I guess that's one reason why my heart for the School of Prophets is so pronounced to leave, if you call, want to call it, I don't like the word so much, but leave that legacy of of transferring um, the mantle, you know, to go out to those who are really called to be prophets. And um, I, I don't take it lightly, you know, that, that transferring of the anointing. I used to um, think it was such a compliment if somebody would come up to me and say wow you're you know you're so anointed you know would you just pray for me to receive the anointing that you have from god just let it be transferred to me and i'm like early on, i'm like wow that's such a compliment yes let me lay hands on you and i'll just transfer this anointing that god's put on me and it'll be transferred to you and then after a couple years of that i'm like well no way i'm gonna do that i'm not gonna do that you you know you go and seek the lord and you go through some of the things that i've done and then you can get that anointing but that's why you know the that just the school of the prophets is so important because you know elijah you know he received you know the the double portion he received it because he took care of and followed Elijah around or did I get it backwards but, it, but they you know it, it's like they it was desired and sought after but you know washed its toilet so to speak I mean you know it wasn't just fun glamorous all the time so why should someone just say here let me just give you this anointing and 
you don't do anything to earn it or go and receive it, you know, that's that's not right. You know, and there's, you know, that's true. another time we can do another talk on just lying signs and visions because that's out there and false prophets is out there. And um, we've I, I even, you know, I've done a series on the air of the church. And I just had someone call me today and ask me about one of these so-called great ministries out there. And I said, they're nothing but, you know, a lie because they, they, they do nothing but lying signs and wonders. And they even put people out there to do grave sucking. Have you ever heard of that, Shannon? Oh, yeah. That's horrible. I know. It is. Try to pull it out of their bones. Suck the anointing, you know, out of the grave. It's just ridiculous. So, you know, but people get caught up in that because they want. I know that many out there, they're, they're searching for the power of God. They're searching for the anointing of God. But they're trying to get it in a way that is a cheap way a you know um a shortcut and we're in a society microwave 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 everything fast 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 and you know there's the god orders the steps of a righteous man he wants you to be walking in righteousness he wants you to to prepare the way of the lord so that he can use you and there's things that have to be done in a person's life and tearing down strongholds and and your deliverance ministry, like you say, is huge. I mean, humongous. Because why should somebody, if they haven't gone through a cleansing, be put in just in the office of a prophet? There'll be all kinds of uh, problems and listening to lying signs and wonders and uh, familiar spirits and so forth if they have not walked those steps. I don't mind transferring anointings. That's fine. And I do so, and I transfer anointings of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit because we're supposed to. But when it comes to, here, let me just give you the anointing that that God's placed on me, and you haven't earned it or deserved it, then I don't know what you'll do with that. That's not good. That's not right. But, yes, there can be a mantle that can be transferred, absolutely, especially for those that have been walking with me, so to speak, in ministry. I'm training some right now. Uh, right directly underneath me and you know should that time come i'd love to to transfer my that mantle to them immediately but they've got to earn the trust and respect and i know that they'll do it right that's right and folks uh, to him does give much much is required are you interested in finding out what it takes to be a prophet would you like to go to the school of the prophets you believe god has called you to be a prophet or to prophesy you need this training you need the book Before we close, we're going to tell you how. Get a pen and paper out there. If you're just joining us, it's my real honor tonight to have Prophet Leslie Johnson from Prophecy Club on tonight. I want to thank Pastor Stan for setting this up. And um, Sister Leslie, tell people how they can order a copy of what it takes to be a prophet. And you have a couple special events coming up. Tell us about those and how people can participate. Okay. Yeah, you can go to prophecyclub.com. And that's where you can find uh, the book, What It Takes to Be a Prophet, and order that. And you can do that through prophecyclub.com. You can also check on other DVDs that I have, um, and other, other books that I have. I've written uh, The Perfect Touch, uh, More Than a Ruby, uh, Crown, Crown of Glory, and Help Me, I'm All Tied Up. Help Me, I'm All Tied Up is, a, a, I think, a must for a lot of people. It has to do with really the different spirits of God and different evil spirits and uh, the true way to pray 
And I believe because I think sometimes people pray incorrectly. They um, they bind the devil instead of commanding it to be loosed off. Jesus never bound the devil. He commanded it to go. And um, so that book covers that. Also, there's a special right now, a Mother's Day special with my my books. Um, you can get uh, Crown of Glory book, Crown of uh, Glory anointing oil, uh, which I have prayed over. I have made up. Uh, God gave me this uh, recipe years ago, but it's called Crown of Glory, and that's a book and also oil. You can also get the Perfect Touch book and also the Perfect Touch anointing oil. Same thing. I've... Um, prayed over every bottle and then you can also get the perfect well excuse me it's it's virtuous perfume and i had the opportunity to go to france and to make um my perfume and i've what? probably have um this virtuous is pretty new so i it's called virtuous i have given it out or people bought it um probably several hundred bottles i have not got one person that didn't like it and i asked men and women alike uh, it's it's absolutely amazing what God did with with that perfume and that's on the special. Also, more than a ruby, is you know God never took away the spirit of femininity. You know Satan tried to bring in feminism, but also you know God He ordained us ladies to be different. So the more than a ruby is about being a virtuous woman, but it's also for men too because. It, it helps you to understand the difference between men and women. And it's a very pretty book. So, you know, yeah, it, it's, it definitely looks feminine. You can just wrap it in, I guess, a paper bag so that they don't know how pretty it is if you're a man <laughs> reading it. But I, I've had men read it, and they're just like, man, I was just blown away by the wisdom that came from that. That book I wrote in 10 days. Stan would throw me a piece of bread and some water in the room and, I just stayed there and typed, typed so much. I typed off letters on my keyboard. That's how fast the, the download was. But that special now, is on. Over I'm sorry. Go ahead. Prophecy Club. Yes, you can go to prophecyclub.com and get that special for the Mother's Day special. I'm not sure that's only going to be offered for a couple more weeks, and it's you get all that for I don't know. I think it's a hundred dollars or something like that to get. But you'll get the perfume too, called Virtuous. And then also you can sign up. Um, it'll give you the information on how to go to the crusade, the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade, and the School of the Prophets Crusade that we're having July the 27th through August 2nd, and that's in the Dallas, Texas area. And that's all okay. at prophecyclub.com. Folks, those are two conferences coming up. Can they pre-register now if they'd like to go? Yes, please pre- pre-register now. Yes. Okay. Now that's the uh, – give the two events again, the names. Well, it's 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 kind of combined. It's it's um, the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade slash uh, School of the Prophets, and it's we did uh, a year ago. We did uh, the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade. This year, yes, it's the, the Sevenfold Miracle Miracle Crusade, but it's it's mainly uh, me teaching on the School of the Prophets. It's a four day event. And it's awesome. It's going to be July 27th through August the 2nd. And that's you can find the information on prophecyclub.com. Okay, folks, I'm going to the website now. Sevenfold Miracles, excuse me, seven spelled S-E-V-E-N, fold miracle crusades.com. I'm putting a link there. Sevenfold miracle crusades.com. 
Dallas, Texas, July 29th to August 2nd. And they can go to that website, pre-register, also sign up for the meals. That way you don't have to um, run out and try to find a restaurant. They have food there available if you want to sign up for that. Um, get there and sign up now. Pre-register. This is going to be an awesome event. I encourage everybody that can to get out there and be a part of it. Um, my friend, before we close tonight, if someone wants to contact you, is there a way they can do that? What's the best way to reach you? Uh, through um, prophecyclub.com, and there's a place there. Can they Stan? How do they contact me? I, also, I'm giving the wrong date. Stan says for the crusade, it's uh, July 29th through the August 2nd. So July 29th through August 2nd, and it's um, sevenfold miracles, like a plural, right? Sevenfold miracle or miracles crusade. You can go to that website also. Um, but, but they can reach me by going to prophecyclub.com. Is there a place for them to put their question for me, Stan? Uh, ask Stan at prophecyclub.com, and he'll get me your um, email. Friends, yeah. again, that's July 29th to August 2nd. It's going to be at the Hyatt Regency, North Dallas, 701 East Campbell Road, Richardson, Texas. You can get all that information by going to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. To get Leslie's books, go to prophecyclub.com. You'll also do a broadcast during the week. Can they tune into you on YouTube? You can tune into YouTube. I should probably turn this over. Stan, you want to give them the information? No? Okay. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> maybe I can get him uh, to do it. Stan's coming on. He can tell you how to get to the, uh, the YouTube. But, yes, it's prophecyclub slash YouTube or YouTube slash Prophecy Club. I'm well, approaching just, that. just go to YouTube and type in Prophecy Club channel, and you can find us. We're not hard to find. Before we close tonight, Sister Leslie, would you do us the honor and pray for this program tonight? Yes, I will. It's an honor, too. Dear Heavenly Father, again, I just come boldly before your throne room of grace and mercy. And, Lord, I thank you for this ministry. Lord, I, I ask in the name of Jesus that many will begin to tune in, call many more to tune in to this program and support this program in the name of Jesus. Lord, let him not be concerned about the income coming in. Let there be so much coming in that he is, he's got the freedom that he needs to be able to do your work. Lord, I thank you that he's um, giving a mouth to many to speak the knowledge that you've given them across the world, across the globe right now through this ministry. Lord, I just release a blessing to come up to Omega Man. I release a blessing in the name of Jesus, and we cancel all curses that have come thy way. We cancel it. We rebuke the enemy right now in Jesus' name, and we command blessings to just flow right now. Throw from the heavens, Lord. Pour out your anointing oil upon them, and Lord, let it just be just seeping all through them, and let the crown of glory just come upon them. Lord, let many begin to find this ministry and tune in. Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory what you're doing. Lord, keep the family healthy. Keep them blessed and prosperous in this time. Lord, let many be fed by the word of God as they tune in to this message. Lord, let them have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And give uh, Shannon just a supernatural wisdom to know who is the people that he should have and the ministers he should have on the program and who you say no. Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory, and we thank you for what you're doing in this time. And we cancel the re and the and we reverse the plans and attacks of the enemy across the globe right now with this virus. We say, peace be still, peace be still, 
And we thank you for blessing them in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, I touch and agree on that, and I receive that. Folks, it's been an honor to have Prophet Leslie Johnson on of prophecyclub.com. Sister Leslie, we love you. And um, would you please come back next month in May? You can speak on anything you want. We'd love to have you back on this show regularly. Bring whatever Lord brings for us, whatever you want to teach, Sean, it be an honor. I absolutely will. That'd be awesome. Sure will. Told you, you're going to feel like home. That's what it is here. <laughs> yes, uh, and folks, don't forget, tomorrow night, 5 p.m. Central, Pastor Stan Johnson will be with us. Sister Leslie, thank you so much for coming on. I want to thank Brother Stan for setting this up tonight. We're really blessed to have you here tonight. God bless you. Thank you. Bless you. Come See on. you next time. All right. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.